I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What a weekend for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They get to 50 wins. They tie the Red Wings for the fastest team to do it in just 66 games. And we have a new head ball coach for the XFL Tampa franchise. It's Mark Tressman. I'll tell you about that. The NFL Combine got really interesting on Sunday as the defensive linemen and linebackers put on a show. Do the Bucks take any one of a half dozen or so defensive linemen, including Montez Sweat? Did you see this guy? All he did was set a Combine record for defensive linemen by running a 4-4-1 in the 40-yard dash. That's faster than almost every running back this year. Or do they go with linebacker Devin White from LSU, who's a bigger, perhaps better version of Quan Alexander? You'll hear from White tonight, all of that, plus Chris Archer and everything else that's going on on Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick back, 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 back from Indianapolis. Hey, if you have a business and you'd like to be a sponsor of this podcast, we'd love to have you be part of our team. And our sponsors are showing great success by advertising with us, and there are a lot of new ways you can do that. So if you want more information, you can reach us uh, on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Well, Steve, I feel like I've been gone a month. It's only been about a week, um, not quite a week, but have you thought out Tuesday? Yet? No, this is the craziest thing. Like, honest to goodness, when you travel, it, it's so bizarre this time of year because we're into the spring now, and you know, my my wife is is at the beach. Um, her dad's in town from Chicago, and. She's telling me how it's 86 degrees, and I'm like in a snow globe. I mean, I'm in a snow globe. It's coming sideways all over the place in Indianapolis. They just got hammered with snow today. Uh, cold, I think the low was probably in the, in the single digits or something like that at some point. I mean, it's crazy that you can get on a plane and in a couple hours just be in a whole, whole different part of the globe. But, uh, but that's what happened. I was happy to get home. It was, uh, it was cold up there, man. <laughs> There's a reason why I cannot – I don't know why people live in that stuff. Well, there's a reason I moved why, to Florida. I'm saying you and everybody else. I, I mean, mean, I that's grew why up we, just a couple hours from Indy, so. I know. And and the roads are jammed down here as a result of that because it is still cold up north. And, of course, now this week there's a big uh, a big winter storm blowing through. But um, it was a good week in, in terms of uh, getting an opportunity to talk to Jason Light, of course, and Bruce Arians early in the week. We discussed some of that. And then, uh, you know, as well as just seeing all these players up close and personal, we had a chance to interview pretty much all of them that were at the Combine were available, some 335 guys. But, man, some of the takeaways from this Combine, I mean, this is as deep a defensive line draft as people are saying they've had in eight years. I'd say it's probably at least 10 or 12. Uh, And what the show those guys put on, you know, on Sunday was incredible. They all got to run the 40s and work out, as well as the linebackers. There's not as many linebackers. Uh, we'll talk about one, Devin Light, uh, Devin White, who did a really good job uh, with his workout and just, uh, you know, may have vaulted himself, certainly into the top 10, maybe the top five, and maybe to Tampa Bay. But 
you know, what do you do with all these defensive linemen? I mean, Montez Sweat, as I mentioned in the open, 4-4-1? Are you kidding me for a defensive lineman? Do you think, though, at his size he can play defensive line in the NFL? I mean, he's only, well, like, 260. Yeah, he, yeah. You know what he, he, you know, he, he said this, and he really reminds me of uh, body type wise. And this guy played in the three four and a four three. Is Jason Taylor? Um, okay. He's a more, you know, he's a very long. Like when you see him, he's very long and athletic. I know he's two sixty five. Jason Taylor never weighed more than two sixty five, two seventy. I guarantee it. And so, you know, he was a first battle Hall of Famer. And I'm not saying this what this guy will do, but he's incredibly athletic and. You know, in a 4-3, you can certainly stand him up, drop him into coverage, do a lot of things. But, man, the depth of this thing. I mean, you start with Nick Bosa, who is sort of had been the projected as the top defensive lineman. And he worked out very well as well. But he hasn't played football, of course, since he got that core injury to his abdomen uh, back at Ohio State. I think he only played three games this year. And then you go to Alabama and, and Quinnen Williams, who, because it's Alabama and the great players that have been in front of him, Really only started one season there, but was so dominant that – and then after his workout on Sunday, people were talking about maybe he's the best player in this draft. Um, young guy, young-looking guy, not much experience, but just completely dominant. Uh, Josh Allen from Kentucky, maybe the best pure edge rusher there is in the draft, the true defensive end, a guy that dominated the SEC for the last two years. We mentioned Montez Sweat, who you know is – just a, a rising prospect because of his workouts and whatnot. Uh, don't forget about Rashawn Gary, who you know very well from Michigan. Maybe not. Maybe the numbers aren't there. He was beat up a little bit, but able to play. He's the most versatile guy that there probably is in this draft in terms of he could play all five defensive line spots if he wanted to or four. Well, his sta- his stats spots. were always skewed at Michigan. Sure, they were. His role was to take two offensive linemen so that Chase Winovich could rush on the other end. That's right. That's the way the defense was designed. Is Gary was the yeah. beast. He's going to take up two linemen so that it right. frees up everybody else. But I'll be honest with you. I mean, when you see the guy, he's got Athletically, a he's lot a freak. of he's a freak. He's got a lot of Aaron Donald in him. Mm-hmm. He really does. And he compared well, uh, you know, to that. Um, and then and then like Ed Oliver, who's just a nut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just fun to talk to, man. Um, some things I can't even say on a family podcast, but um, he's uh, you know can could he's a three technique. I mean, he's a pure Warren Sapp like three technique defensive defensive lineman, defensive tackle, but could play linebacker if somebody wanted him to. He's athletic enough to do that. Mm-hmm. But these guys got up there, and about half of them said I should be the first player, not the first defensive lineman player, but the first player taken in the draft, and they made good cases for it and. They're all going to be great, and 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 because there's so many, well, and you I'm didn't talking even talk about, about the, Dexter Lawrence who got hurt no, running the forty, but that's you know, right. That's another good one. That's really a good one, and it's deep. I mean, it goes all the way through the first round, and probably then some. But these are just like the you know, let's just say six or seven, and then you know that you're going to have some quarterbacks get pushed up with Kyler Murray, perhaps. Um, you know, and there could be. I don't know, maybe three or four of them go in the first round at least. And so if, if some of those guys go ahead of the Bucks who are sitting there at five, a really good defensive, defensive lineman is going to get knocked down to them, as well as a guy that also put on a huge show in Devin White. I mean, Devin White is impressive, you know, and he 
went out there and ran a four four two, which unbelievably is like a what point zero one slower than Montez Sweat. But for two hundred and forty pounds, and when you watch him on tape, forget about the workout wonder and all that. I mean, he you know he lifted very well and he jumped really high and all that stuff. But he has that sort of motor, and I don't know what they do or what they feed him in the Bayou at LSU, where they just it's become linebacker university. But these guys are lit. I mean, he's he's as on fire as Quan Alexander, a little more control perhaps, but um, you know, and a, and a bigger guy. They're both six one, but he's two forty, you know, about seventeen pounds heavier than Quan. Of course, he would love to play with Quan. He knows that Quan's coming off the ACL and still like four months away from being cleared to play play football. And, you know, who knows what happens there because free agency is going to start here pretty soon, um, March 11th through 13th. Of course, they're able to talk to other teams. It looks like that will happen. But, you know, he had his meeting with the Bucks and, and he said it went really, really well. They got him on the film, did a lot of film work with him, watched film of Quan, watched film of, of, of what he did, um, you know, for his school, of course. And, and it just – there's there's going to be – look, I, I'll say this. They're going to take a defensive player. I don't think there's any question. I think they're also going to get tremendous opportunity to trade back if that's what they want to do. You know, uh, I think that they're going to have their choice of at least one or maybe two really good defensive ends, defensive tackles, and then there's going to be Devin White. And Devin White's going to be a hard guy to pass up. Uh, he just is. And, and I would – always put more value on a defensive lineman and I think they would too. I mean, look, it's it's probably it's probably a no-brainer if certain people are there. You know, I mean, if Josh Allen, for example, were the guy that got pushed to him, let's say that Bosa and Quinnen Williams went and then a couple quarterbacks went went before the Bucks pick and you're staring at Josh Allen, I mean, you'd break an ankle going up there to try to give him that. Um because he's he's just that that natural of an edge rusher and and dominant in the SEC. So I think that's that's one that would be easy, but um, it's going to be it's going to be a really hard decision, a good decision, of a good problem to have because they're sitting in a perfect spot for teams to want to come up and get quarterbacks. And you know, Jason Light has said, "Make me the right offer," but if there's a good player there, I might have to pull the trigger. And and that's kind of where I'm leaning. I mean, I know they want to pick up extra picks, and it's just whether you know if you're the New York Giants and you feel like I have to get one spot higher. Um, maybe you give the Bucks, you know, a second round pick to move, to, to move down, and and the Bucks are still getting their guy because they're going up for Dwayne Haskins, and and you know you don't have to worry about not getting who you're going to take at five. You can get them at six and pick up some extra draft pick or so. So there's going to be a lot of options for Tampa Bay. It was a uh, it was a great group of guys. I tell you what, they're all you know for the most part these these guys were all good character guys. They handled themselves well, you know, in front of the media. There were long days. You didn't hear anybody bitching or complaining. There were some guys that got nicked up and couldn't test very well, uh, but they're still the pro days. And, of course, guys like Kyler Murray did not throw. All he had to do was put his, you know, stand stand here and let us measure you. And once he was over 5'10", he won the combine, essentially. And there's talk. I'm telling you, the buzz up there, Steve, was that the Arizona Cardinals with Cliff, with Cliff Kingsbury, they're going to take – the quarterback that they really want, and that means that they're going to have to trade Josh Rosen. And I'm I'm convinced that's the way it's going to go. Do they have to trade him? Well, I mean – They're both I, going to be cheap quarterbacks. You don't from a financial yeah. standpoint, but I don't think you want to create a fall competition. I mean, I think well. you're saying one guy is a perfect fit. 
you know, Kingsbury didn't draft the other quarterback, and there's yep. such value they could get a first round pick for for Rosen easy. You know, and it's not his fault. There's not he hasn't done anything wrong. He actually still looks like a very very good prospect. No, it's just new and system, sure new quarterback, new or a new head coach, new coach. It just feels like you know what this guy. He said it. You know, he's he's. If I had before he became the Cardinals coach, he said if I had the number one overall pick, I'm taking Kyler Murray. Well, now he can actually do that, and you don't have to even read between the lines. I mean, I think I think it is done. I think it's absolutely done. Um, now you know, do they have to make that trade with Rosen beforehand, or is that an on the clock type of trade? Who's to say how that how they pull well, that off? The but, other thing is, and you, you know, you know this game of liars poker, but. Sure. Is it really done, or is it John Gruden come make me an offer? Oh, it could be that. It absolutely, could be that. And you you want to convince everybody that you're going to do it. We've got our quarterback. We'll I'm take pull a couple, the trigger. We'll take your late first round picks or sure. pick number three, and still get a great defensive lineman or whoever we want. Sure. No, the, look, the Raiders can do whatever they want, and if that's who John wants, he can certainly get up there and get them. I mean, you know, the Cardinals, you know, are dealing from strength, and so their job is to make everybody like me and others. But certainly everybody in the NFL convinced that they are indeed taking taking Murray. And now you gotta be careful with that because if you're not gonna do it, you could really, you know, tick off your, the quarterback that you do have and damage him for the next few years with him thinking that, you know, just the trade, you know, just didn't work out. Unless he already but, unless he's already been told. Well hey, there was you're you know, there was there was a moment, I don't know if this is true, but there was a moment where I read or heard that he had taken down all the Cardinals pictures on Instagram of himself, but then they were back up or something like that. I don't know. So it's really weird whatever's going on there. If you're him, though, and you're getting sick of the speculation and you know wondering what, what did I do wrong, well, the answer is you didn't do anything wrong. They hired a guy who thinks that you know Murray's the perfect fit in his offense. So, But a lot of things going on up there, man. It, it, it really was a good group of guys to, uh, to be around all weekend and, and during the week. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a wild, wild draft this year. Not just for the Bucks, but but for a lot of teams. And the Bucks got a lot of things they have to decide here in the short term. I mean, you know, on Tuesday by, I think, 4 o'clock, there's a deadline for placing a franchise tag or a transition tag on a player. I'm convinced that's absolutely going to happen to Donovan Smith unless they can reach a long-term deal. So we got that to, to look forward to. And then, of course, as I mentioned, uh, free agency is around the corner. And at this point, if I'm a free agent, unless somebody just knocks my socks off, I'm probably going to at least take those two days and let the phone ring. You know, if I'm Adam Humphreys, I'm not making In fact, I know, you know, for all the efforts that Mike Greenberg and everybody else had up there in Indianapolis to meet with all the agents and in the hopes of getting something done, nobody was really prepared or willing um, or even eager to, to actually sit down and hammer something out when you're this close, this close, all it takes is one team, you know, that can set the market for your player, and they're all certainly look like they're willing to wait. So, the one guy that uh, it might not benefit is going to be Donovan Smith if they franchise him. But then again, that's fourteen million dollars for him for one year. So, we're going to have a busy, busy week with uh, with the Bucks talking about the draft, free agency right around the corner. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, I mentioned. Uh, you know, earlier uh, that uh, we're going to have a chance to in just uh, a little bit to hear from Devin White, who was a, a great interview when he uh, met with the media, talks about Quan Alexander meeting with the Bucks. You'll hear the enthusiasm in his voice. He wants to come to Tampa Bay, folks. I'm just telling you. And he wants to play next to Quan. I don't know if he'll get his wish there, 
but he could he could well replace Quan Alexander. I mean, heck, the the you know the Bucks if you if you can't count Kendall Beckwith already have three would this would be their third LSU linebacker. I mean, they could line up that way, and then you still got Levante David, who's not a bad player. So that would be a strength of your football team if you if you decided to go that direction, and then maybe they'd come back in the first round if they trade down and uh, and grab you know one of those defensive linemen that might slip somewhere between. Uh, I don't know, you know, six and 12 or something. So uh, a lot of ways to cut it up and, and, and ways to do it, but uh, really going to be a fascinating uh, next couple of weeks just to see how this goes. So um, we'll hear from Devin White in a minute. In the meantime, you were uh, at the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they're the 50 wins and they're on pace now. They tie uh, the Red Wings as the fastest team to do it. Just 66 games. Are they going to get the record here? Is this going to happen? I mean, they very well might. I mean, the schedule's still difficult down the stretch. You still got Boston twice. You've got Toronto. You've got Washington. Winnipeg's yeah. coming to town tomorrow night. Uh, they're yeah. leading the Central Division, so you got a tough schedule, which is ultimately really what the Lightning want. Uh, you yes. know, you want to be challenged. You want to, you know, keep working on your game. I mean, Saturday they beat the Senators. The Senators are a you know such a young team at this point after trading Duchesne and Dezingle and Stone. Uh, they fired Guy Boucher right before this game, uh, the former Lightning coach. Oh, really? Guy got it, huh? Yeah, he was uh, let go on uh, Friday, and if you you know the the players seemed pretty excited about him being gone. To be honest, if you read their <laughs> quotes, um, basically it's saying awesome. we keep doing the same thing over and over, and you know nothing. But isn't changing. that always isn't that always the case though? It's like the ding dong, the witch is dead theory, right? Well, the ra- look, I mean, if I, a coach look, is liked. No, the comments are, you know, you're not necessarily, eh. you know, ripping management or ownership for it, but yeah, I guess. You can kind of tell the comments and <clears throat> it's a lot of the same comments were, you know, kind of made by the Lightning players when Guy Boucher was let go here. And Guy's yeah, a great, not... Guy's a great guy. Mm. Um but I, I well, you know, he's pretty rigid in his systems and what he wants and that's not what players generally respond to anymore. Yeah. You know, it's they, interesting. I mean, they talked about creativity just, and not being able to be creative in the offense and, and the structure right. and, and that. Um, you know, he's pretty rigid in exactly what he's looking for. He's, you know, some of the reasons why he got fired here. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's why Stevie Eisenman did it. Yeah. So, but the Lightning they win five to one against Ottawa. Uh, four defensive uh, defensemen score goals. Four mm-hmm. different ones: right. Hedman, McDonough, yep. Chernak, and Sergachev. And uh, I, I didn't think they played great. I, you know, I think you know Ottawa's kind of a mess right now. So um, they didn't play. They didn't play bad, but you know, I, I wasn't their best game. But you didn't need to be against Ottawa. So, well, you know what they didn't do? They didn't lose two in a row, and that's what the that's Lightning never do. Yeah, they've I mean, only they, lost uh, two in a row in regulation once this season. Yeah, as that is a phenomenal record. I don't care what sport you're in. That is just amazing that you can. You know, t- turn it up the next night when you need to, and get the wind and and get them back on track. Yeah. So, a little scary moment with Stamkos. He kind of went down hard on the boards and kind of got tripped. Yeah. Although I didn't think it should have been a penalty. Uh, the 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 guy was playing the puck, but a little scary. Is that but, something uh, you got? They're going to worry about, or is he going to be okay? Oh, he's. I mean, he came back and played the third period, so he left for a okay. little bit. Um, and Cooper said it was uh, mandatory, called from outside. So basically, he went through concussion protocol. They, you know, made him leave the bench at, when it happened, but he was back for the third period. So, so while I was away, it's good to see that the Rays started winning again. I was a little worried there; they might not win any spring training games. So, the World Series is back on now for the Rays. Apparently, uh, they were zero and four in spring training. 
Yep. Well, that's what they do. You know, the Rays, they, they dig themselves a hole, and then they get on a nice little win streak. And that's sort of what they do, they've done in the Grapefruit League. So hopefully, uh, I don't know, you don't want that to continue during the regular season. But no, they're, uh, you're starting to see them play a little bit better now and, and bash the ball and, and things like that. Really interesting story, though, if you have a chance. Two of them that I want to mention that Mark Tompkin did in the Tampa Bay uh, Times. You can read them on Tampa Bay. Dot com. First and foremost, apparently Chris Archer is mad at absolutely no one. Not 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 anybody. Not mad at the fans, doesn't care about the crowd. Then why does he keep talking about teammates? Them? I don't know. That's a great question. Like if everything's so great, why are people having to come to you and, and, and ask you if you want to clarify your statements? Um I don't know. It's just kind of weird. It's like I got I think people are starting to get archer fatigue. I saw after Mark wrote the story, and it was a really good story about Arch talking about all those things and he went, you know, to the Rays clubhouse. I mean, he talked about them winning 90 games and how, and this this might be a little egotistical, but he said, you know, he felt a part of it because he felt like he developed so many of those young guys that did well. So, you know, he was he was happy for it. I them. thought you were going to say he felt a part of it because the the Rays got back players that are helping them win 90 games. Well, that that too, <laughs> that too. That he and he mentioned that he said, look, they must you know must have valued me because look at the look at the talented players that they gave up, you know, for me. So he was right about that. But apparently no uh, no hard feelings towards the mayor, even after all the back and forth. So he realized the 19 losses did happen and wasn't good for the team? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue, really. Um, maybe a cheap shot by Kreisman, but, you know. Um, but he, he just – I don't think Chris wants anybody to dislike him at this point. He's still living in St. Pete. He still goes around town. People, I don't think people have realized that he's been traded yet because he hasn't – you know, won many games in three years anyway, so who would know, right? Um, but he says, you know, it's 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 different, like being around town and and not playing for the Rays. So that was one story. And then uh, you got to read this profile that Mark did. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And hopefully we'll have him on here in the next week or so to talk about it because I... This is my guy, okay? I just want to say, like, this is the dude that I love to watch play, and he was only here a little while last year. Um, but Tommy Fan is, you know, the man uh, with a thousand-mile stare, right? And he, but he is so intense, and he is so, uh, you know, expressionless almost, or kind of scowls out there, almost plays angry, if you will. Um, like he's trying to prove something, which he is. And you have to read this story. A guy that spent nine years in the minor leagues, um, grew up with virtually nothing. I don't want to give it all away, but uh, very, very rough life for him. And it's understandable why he chose to uh, not go to college, sign, sign right out of high school. Uh, but he's been kicking around ever since and now uh, is on the verge of something uh, great. Uh, for himself and, and for the race. So really good read by Mark Tompkin in the Tampa Bay Times. You can, you can hear that on TampaBay.com. That's my favorite guy, Steve. I just, I love his intensity every at bat. I love 
I love his. I love the way he did, looks like he does not care about anything except murdering the baseball or winning or something because he's not. He is not there to suffer any fools. What's always impressive is that he's intense, but he's always intense. And, and it, always, you know, Mark talked yeah. about that in the article. It's it's always on. He's always Tommy Pham. He's always on. You yeah. Know, some guys can get intense and work up to to sure. at bats or games or this, but he. Oh yeah. Th- this is Tommy Pham. This is who he is. Period. He's not. It's not an act. It's not a no a facade. It is Tommy Pham. And if you read that this profile, you'll understand why he is like that twenty four seven and uh, very very difficult. Uh, childhood and and just sort of a make it guy that was able to uh, get himself into professional baseball and uh, and stay there despite you know and have some some grit to him too because I mean nine years uh, a minor leaguer I mean very few guys will endure that you know they'll quit way before it but uh, fan did not so a uh, really good story there and then over the weekend a little other news in football but not the NFL not the AAF. How about the XFL? And a press conference will be on Tuesday where the uh, Tampa franchise will announce its uh, head coach and presumably maybe the GM as well, which could be the same guy. Um, so we, we went around. We were in Indianapolis when we caught wind of this, and, and we were, like, quickly thinking, oh, who could it be? How, what about Jim Levitt? You know, because Jim Levitt is 60 now. He's announced he wants to come back to – uh, this area uh, in Florida, uh, where his mom, I think, is in her 90s and uh, would love to do that, but, um, you know, was available. And he did talk to Oliver Luck, I found out, the commissioner of the league, but it turned out it's not going to be Jim Levitt. But there were a lot of names flying around, man. It was crazy. And until we finally found out that it's Mark Tressman, the former Bears head coach a few years ago, was with uh, the Toronto Argonauts the last two seasons before he got fired. So Tressman is going to be the guy to run the uh, Tampa franchise, and uh, we'll see just how they pull all that together. But an interesting name, no real local ties. I think that was the one thing that might be lacking is that he really, um, I don't think he has a lot of local ties here. I could be wrong about that. Okay, I promise this, and I want you guys to listen carefully to Devin White and the passion dripping from each and every sentence. This guy is on fire. He stays on fire. And and sort of like Quan from that standpoint, but but maybe in a more cerebral way, if you will, like just so intelligent about it and talking about football, understands what the opportunity he has in front of him. Uh, really, and this is prior to him going out there and you know running a uh, what a four four two forty yard dash. But uh, it's it's you can hear just how proud he is to to have this this chance to go to the NFL. And he's the, he's the quintessential Mike linebacker. He's the guy that at 21 years old, just turned two weeks ago, is going to have to get grown men to follow him. And he will. He's going to earn their respect, and he's going to do it really quickly. Fascinating interview with Devin White. And I think now uh, potentially a really good possibility. I tell you what, if you, if you really said, you know, if, if you can't give them one of those defensive linemen, if you don't know which one, would you bet your, your life on them taking Devin White? I would say probably because I, I just think that he separates himself that much uh, if some of those elite defensive linemen are gone. I can see them. Because think about it. Like I said, Levante David down down the road a bit, only has two more years left on his contract. He's 29 years old. Then you have Kendall Beckwith, whose career might be in jeopardy because of that ankle situation. 
I mean, they're going to have to reload Quan coming off the ACL. You got to play four linebackers. So what are you going to do? So they can't neglect the position. There's really only one guy you would even consider taking that high. Uh, but when you look at what the success that Roquan Smith had a year ago, uh, he went number eight, I think. Uh, it's there's a really good argument to make for that guy that's going to make you know a hundred and something tackles a year and be the center of your defense and run your defense almost like a quarterback on that side of the ball. So uh, here is uh, from the podium, from the media gathering that we had on Saturday. Here is LSU linebacker Devin White. Um, it is it's very important for me to be the top inside linebacker in this draft. Um, I feel like I put the work in. You know, I showed it throughout my career. You know, I progressed every year. Um, I did everything right on and off the field, you know, as far as, you know, being a great guy, you know, just having an attitude, going to work every day, you know, leading my team. That was the biggest thing. I was the leader of my team. I was named uh, team captain two years in a row as a sophomore and a junior. So, I mean, I feel like I put everything together. You know, I came out here and I'm ready to compete. I've been doing a lot of form interviews and I've been knocking them out the park. So I'm just doing everything right. Yeah, I mean, that's it's my selling point, and it's facts. Like, it's documented, it's wrote down, and I just want to express it in person to them and just let them see it for themselves because LSU got the full brand of it for three years, and they loved it. Now it's time to take it to another team. Oh, yeah, going to the next level, um, I know a big uh, fall in the NFL is linebackers not being so athletic, and nowadays tight ends are getting more athletic, and they are able to be used more versatile in the offensive schemes, but I'm a guy who can play inside or if we having trouble with a tight end, you know, in our zone coverage, you know, catching a lot of balls, you can stick Devin White on him and he'll go stop him. So, I mean, that's very important. You know, I pride myself on speed because, you know, God-given ability, you know, I, I was fast. So, I mean, it was nothing I had to do but just, you know, just play hard and I got a high motor and the minute I step on the field to the minute that the clock says zero, 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 you're going to get 140% out of me. Nah, I'm a pro horse rider. I've been doing this since I was five years old. So getting thrown, nah, I, that's never been me. Uh, I probably, like, my horse probably fell before back in the day, but I stayed on and kept riding. But getting thrown, nah, I, I do the ride, and I don't let the horse ride me. I mean, most people be like, you know, if, you, if we draft you, are you going to bring your horse? And I'm like, how's the weather? You know, what type of environment is it? Because I haven't been in a lot of places. Like, I've never been in New York. You know, I met with the Giants. I was like, I've never been there. So what should I expect? Could I bring a horse there? And so it just depends. You know, a lot of them liked it. You know, they you know, they happy to see me doing something outside of football that makes me happy and keeps me relaxed. And, you know, it's a peace of mind. So, I mean, everybody really fond of it. And they think it's really funny to see a, you know, a football player riding horses. Uh, man, one day when I was five years old, you know, I'm from a very small town and, you know, guys ride every day on the street up and down the road. And I seen some guys riding down the road. I flagged them down, asked them, could I ride? They gave me the okay. I rode, fell in love with it. The next morning, probably five in the morning, I was knocking on their door, like, because they had a younger guy that was like closer to my age. So he was like one of my friends. So I was knocking on the door, like, extra brothers, can we ride? And then I begged my mom for a horse. She was like, no. So then I, uh... Got my grandfather to give me $500, and I went and bought a horse myself and just put it at somebody else's house. And then ever since then, you know, I've been riding, and I still had that first horse to this day. Yeah, and they born. Like, and they born. I was like, hey, can I keep my house here? His name is George Shaw. You know, uh, he, he take care of that same horse to this day. And, you know, me, he's like a father figure to me. And, you know, we go to a lot of trail rides when I was uh, playing youth league football. He used to drive to the youth league game 
just so I could play, because if he didn't come, I wouldn't play, because I wanted to be at the trail ride on Saturdays. Yeah, I mean, it's just a state of relaxation. Like, you know, you're just in another world when you're dealing with them. And it's also a responsibility. So, you know, it kind of make you mature faster because it's way harder than trying to um, have a dog as a pet. I can tell you that. So it really makes you more mature. The first name, the first horse name is Ricky Bobby. <laughs> He's, uh, I got seven. So I got, now I just be naming them like, uh, I got a horse called Sugar. Uh, sweetheart, man, just whatever comes to your mind the day they born and you first see them. Uh, yeah, I see a lot of similarities in my game and Roquan game. Um, he's a guy with a high motor as well. He makes sideline and sideline tackles. He get in between the tackles. Uh, he's great in coverage. He's an athletic guy. You know, our measures was about the same. Um, we both won the Buckets Award, so that's about the same. We both played in the SEC. Uh, I led the SEC in tackles when he was there, and man, I feel like he's a great player, and he just had a phenomenal rookie year, and I need to do the same thing this upcoming season. Oh, uh, all-time favorites, Ray Lewis and Patrick Willis. Um, I also had the uh, opportunity to speak with Patrick Willis this past weekend. Somebody put a stat line up of uh, Patrick Willis' four years at the University of Ole Miss and my two years at the LSU. And they was very similar. I had him beat in a lot of uh, categories, and I posted it on Instagram and tagged him, and he reached out like, man, this is amazing. Because, I mean, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame, so I was very stunned and very appalled with the body of work that I did. Luke Keekley. I like the way he uses his hand. I like the way he diagnoses the plays before they come, and he go make a play. Coach Aranda showed me a lot of Luke Keekley tape at LSU, and I really took a lot from his game and really built it in myself. Juan Alexander, I talked to him a lot. I talked to him before here. He told me to come up here and kill it. That's what we do. Yeah, he just, man, the main thing he tell me is, you know, everything you do is your brand. Just protect your brand and build your brand. And, you know, just be the person who you are and don't shy away from no competition because, you know, being an LSU guy, that's what we do. We know we go and we embrace it and we compete and we win. So, I mean, that's all I'm, you know, looking to do and that's the advice he gave me. Yeah, Odell is a, um, he's a big brother to me. Every time he come down, he reaches out to me. You know, uh, if he around, we shake up, we talk. But, you know, as far as um, a giant standpoint, we haven't talked about it at all. You know, he's one of those guys that don't really like to get in the way. He like to let all the young guys get their time. Like, it's your time now. And wherever you go, I'm going to continue to support you. But, I mean, if I was up there with Big Bro, you know, I feel like they got a lot of talent on that offense. And if they, you know, grab me for that defense, we on our way. Uh, so when I did my formal with them, it was the last formal of the night, probably at 10 o'clock at night, and we watched straight film. They ain't tell me nothing. We watched straight film. What was you doing right here? Oh, this was a good play. What was this? Tell me what was going on. Draw this up. It was straight football, strictly business. And I know they was picking my brain trying to see, was I the linebacker that can go out there and control everything? Did I know what I was doing at LSU? And I think I put on the show for them in our formal interview. It was great. Um, when I went in there, I had to really just see what was going on because I was getting tossed the marker. So they put me on the board as soon as I got in there trying to see where my head was at. And they knew who Coach Arena was and they knew his philosophy. So they told me, 
I know y'all like to run under uh, under front defense, so draw under front and sh tell me what everybody doing. So I got up there and I did it because I mean I'm the Mike linebacker. That's that's the easiest thing to do is draw the defense because I know what everybody doing. So that it was a great meeting. You know I really got to impress them on the board, showing them that Coach Arena prepared me beyond well and you know for this uh, moment right here. Oh, I knocked every interview out the park. Uh, I don't really want to follow in his footsteps of being a top 10 pick. I want to exceed his footsteps and be a top five pick. I'll go before him. He went number eight, and that's big bro. All respect to him. He really made this possible for me. And me and Roquan, we have the same agent. We talk all the time. And, you know, it's just the expectation. He did it. Now I got to go do it, you know, a little more than what he did it. And, I mean, that's all I really got. And, you know, what he brings to the game is unique, and what I bring to the game is unique. So I'm just ready to take my talents to another team and focus on the future. Arden Key. Oh, man, that was big bro at LSU. Uh, you know, one of the all-time greats, all-time sack leader. Uh, man, he's a guy that got a phenomenal motor. You know, he's been putting the word in for me. They got the number four pick. And, you know, he said that he'll really love to play with me again. And, you know, for him being a defensive end, outside linebacker, he know he needs somebody in the middle that's going to run the show and get everybody lined up and get everybody ready to go and fight up and just bring that energy and that swagger to that defense. And he know I'm the guy to do it, so he kind of pushing for his team to grab me when they got the chance. Oh, my personality fit being a Mike linebacker pretty well. You can't be a guy who's shy away from leadership. You can't be a guy who doesn't study, doesn't know what he's doing on the field because at the end of the day, you're the quarterback. You're the quarterback of that defense. You got to get everybody lined up. You got to know what you're doing, and you got to be ready to play fast, calm, collective, and you got to be a playmaker. You got to be an absolute stud. So my play, that exemplifies everything. And me, I'm not shy. As I'm up here, I'm talking, I'm having fun, I'm smiling. You got to be that person when you're on the field as well. You know, everything translates. So if a, a linebacker up here and he's not enjoying this process, he's not talking with confidence, he can't go control a bunch of grown men. Because I just turned 21 like two weeks ago. So, how, you know, I got to be able to go into the lead and win those guys over and show them like, hey, I got the same goal as y'all. My passion for football is the same as y'all, and I want to win. And then I got to be able to start leading those guys after I get that uh, part of the phase done. Yeah, I met with the Bucks last night. Um, it was a great meet. We watched Strictly film. You know, they uh, talked about Corn. You know, he was on the wall. They had pictures of all a lot of their players on the wall. And I come in. I was looking. They was like, "What you looking for?" I was like, "The best linebacker on your team." And they was like, "Oh, he right here on the side." So they had him right there. I didn't get to see him. And they was just, you know, telling me that, you know, they I remind them a lot like him in the way I play. And they was like, "What's some stuff he tell you?" I say that you got to go eat before you get A. And, and, you know, that's my mentality is to go eat. Like, whoever I'm playing, I got to be the beast out there. I got to feed. I got to bring the energy. And that's what he brings to that team. And, you know, I just told him just, you know, y'all got a great pick sitting there at five. And if you can put two guys like that right beside each other, what can the offense do? And I think they really, you know, thought about it. Yeah, I'm really good with Kendall. I actually backed Kendall up my freshman year. So, I mean, knowing him, he's coming off an injury. I think he's probably healthy. Uh, so, knowing him, and I know he played um, a lot of Sam before he got hurt, so that's more on the outside. So, you put us three in at the same time, man, you got LSU 
alumni all over the field, and you know what we do when we step on the field, we make plays. Yeah, I could have played running back. Yeah, so the thing about being a running back and being a uh, defensive player is you don't want to get hit every play. You want to do the hitting. You want to bring the punishment. And that's all it boiled down to. I just want to be a person who got to hit people. But don't get me wrong, man, playing running back, you get all the spotlight, you get all the glory, you get to score all the touchdowns and all that. But at the end of the day, longevity, you know, I want to play this game for a long time. I mean, a long time. And I know I'm capable of doing it, you know, longer at linebacker than running back. So that also went into the decision to play linebacker. Yeah. Um, Fancy car, I need a truck. I need a truck and trailer so I can um, tote them around in. But I mean, I, I got a nice car right now. I got a Challenger and it's doing me fine. So I'm gonna keep that for a little minute and I'm gonna be more on the smart side and I'm gonna, you know, invest my money and, and I'm gonna do what I love. And hopefully, you know, since I'm not an amateur anymore, I can get a lot of uh, sponsorships. So that's what I'm working on right now. So anything that I have most time, it'll be free. <laughs> Nah, I'm going to take Daisy May. She go wherever I go. And I'm going to go buy a couple more that's like Daisy May. I, like my old horses or Tennessee Walkers. Daisy May is a standard bread. I want to get into the standard bread business and I can get out of the Tennessee Walker business. So I'm going to go buy more horses eventually. When this settles down and I get picked by a team and I know where I'm going, I'm going to invest in more horses. And that's going to – I don't ride thoroughbreds. But I will be at the Breeders' Cup in New Orleans after my pro day on the 23rd. So y'all be looking for me in a pretty suit with the hat on at the Breeders' Cup. So I'm into them. I like watching them run, but I don't ride them. I want to show them in shows. I want to race them. I want to breed them. And I just want to ride them and enjoy myself. I think they need to clear up a lot with the um, targeting call because, you know, my call, it could have went either way. You know, it just depends on what angle you looked at. And the ref went over there, and he confirmed it so fast. Like, he didn't even really look at the tape, I know. You know, so I feel like they should come another way about it because the next week we had the University of Alabama, you know, uh, on the schedule. And that was the number one team in the country. And, you know, what's a defense? What's a team without the emotional leader? What's a defense without the middle linebacker, the quarterback? And that really kind of played a part in us not playing as well. And, I mean, that's just to show you that, you know, one bad call can change, you know, a team season. But, I mean, it was emotionally, it was hard, it was tough for me to deal with. But, you know, me being a great person I am, I dealt with it, I overcame it. I, I got the next person behind me ready to play. And when I got back in, I did what I had to do. You know, unfortunately, we didn't win. But, I mean, it was a, you know, a moment where I had to learn. And, and it defined me as a person and showed you my character and showed you what type of leader I was. So, NCAA, if you're watching this, yes, please fix uh, targeting calls because it is straight chaos and it's not good. Thank you. Y'all have a great day. Go Tigers. Really interesting guy, Devin White, and I could see him playing in a Buck uniform with or without Quan Alexander. He may be the guy that actually replaces him. We'll have to see what the Bucks decide to do. That's coming up pretty soon. In fact, on, on uh, Tuesday, speaking of the Bucks, they have to make a decision whether to apply their franchise player tag. They'll likely do that with Donovan Smith if they're not able to reach a deal the Rays are off today. They're back at it uh, as well on Tuesday. They have a split squad game at the Twins, and they host the University of South Florida Bulls, so a little college and MLB action there. And, of course, the Lightning uh, play the Winnipeg Jets on Tuesday night as well. So we got lots coming up here uh, this week on Sports Day Tampa Bay as we move towards free agency. 
course, more spring training going on and the Lightning uh, trying to continue their historic season, which uh, who knows, maybe they'll get the uh, all-time record in terms of points. It's going to be pretty fascinating down the stretch to sort of follow those guys. Hey, as always, we appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. And if you have a business and you'd like to advertise with us, our sponsors are showing great success. Please contact us on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Monday, everybody.